Welcome to the show. It's Dylan James on Out of Bounds with Dylan James. JT is alongside me as always, and we promise this is going to be the last week we have a weird schedule on this show. We will get back to our normal time on WBLZ Media, which will be Saturdays from 10 to 11, and we will be recording this show on Fridays once again. Thursdays are Fridays. But it's just been kind of weird. It'll be Friday this week because I'm at Under Armour Thursday. That's right? fine. It'll be Friday. That's fine. I, it's just weird for us because it's been the holidays and we've had so much going on the past month and a half that it's just been crazy for both of us. JT's mom was in town this past week, so we had a little wrinkle there. Um, but we are getting back to the way it was before, and this is the start of it. Yeah, definitely, guys. And for my our listeners, I uh, just wanted to uh, hope everyone had a nice holiday uh, season. And, of course, Happy New Year. Dylan, Happy New Year to you as well. Yes, you as well, JT. Uh, good to be back uh, for the new year. And me and Dylan, we're going to have hopefully some exciting things on our podcast uh, this year. So we appreciate you guys listening to us so far. And we expect big things to happen this year. Yes, thank you so much for supporting us throughout this tire venture. We've had a great time doing this podcast, and we can't wait to do more things. Like JT said, some very exciting things this new year. Some partnerships will be forming, and maybe some giveaways, more giveaways than we've already done. We actually do have this the gift card still. We have the $25 gift card to Cheesecake Factory, and also the uh, gift card to Cracker Barrel as well. I believe it's $25 too. Plus, Uncle Bobby is going to be throwing in a free Chick-fil-A sandwich from Chick-fil-A, so we will be giving that away next week. So you can still go on our, our Facebook page and you can share our podcast. Um, message us on Facebook. Let us know you've done that. And once you do, you are entered to win those gift cards and the free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Only thing Uncle Bobby needs from you for that cheap free Chick-fil-A sandwich is your email. But don't worry. He has given us his word. He will not send you more than three emails a month. So don't worry about that. It's fine. Um, just to let you know, while we're f- recording this show tonight, we are watching the Tennessee versus Kansas City Chiefs game on ESPN as we speak. So if we scream or anything during this show, it's not because we're in pain. It's not because someone's hurt us. It's because we are <laughs> cheering on this game, okay? Just to let you know. Well, especially, Jill, after the way this game started, if the Titans come back and win this game... And that was a blatant drop. What is going on? Hashtag tighten up. Hashtag tighten up. But yeah, if they come back in this game, the score um, going into the half was 21 to (coughs) 3. Excuse me. So 21 to 3. The score at the half was 21 to 3. And now it is 21 to 16. We tried a two-point conversion. We failed miserably on the two-point conversion. And uh, so now we are down by five points. With 11-11 left to go in the game. But Dylan, Marcus Mariota, he threw a touchdown to to himself. himself. (laughs) To himself. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in a football game. But he got it. So he got the job done. And he is getting the job done in the second half. So is Derrick Henry. So I can't wait to see what happens at the end of this game. And maybe, just maybe, this, this show will line up with the end of this game. So you can hear our reactions, our initial reactions from the win. Um, hopefully win, and uh, go from there. So let's get on into the news. Let's start with some college football during the New Year's Bowl games. And let's start off with a little bit of Outback Bowl. 
Yes, Dylan, the Outback Bowl, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, they defeated the Michigan Wolverines 26-19. to And Dylan, your boy, Jim Harbaugh, he was not happy. He was not happy at all. Michigan fired their whole offensive, pretty much their whole offensive coaching staff. He got rid of everybody. He was furious at the end of that game, and he should be. Uh, we have a very good friend at Disney Vacation Club. His name is Kenny Flynn, and he was upset as well. He's a huge Michigan fan. Oh yeah, um, and he was very upset about it, that that game as well. So, but good thing for everyone out there, they got free blooming onions if they went to Outback, which was which was nice because SEC team won. But yeah, the Gamecocks made uh, made Michigan look silly out there in the Outback Bowl. It was not a pretty game, and I promise you that next year Michigan will bounce back, and they will be a college football playoff contender once again because Jim Harbaugh never has two seasons consecutively that are bad. So I promise you next year, keep an eye out on Michigan. All right, Dylan. For the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl up in Atlanta, we had our UCF, the Knights, as they went up against the Auburn Tigers, and Dylan, they did it. They beat them 34-27, and UCF, they are undefeated. That means we're national champs, right? Well, uh, to them it does. They are actually raising a national championship banner at UCF Stadium, and they're actually having a parade at Walt Disney World, and that's usually a high honor for those teams that win the Super Bowl. So, you know, UCF did do a good job this season. Did they deserve to go into the college football playoff? Yes, they did. If there were more than four teams in the college football playoff, there were eight teams in the college football playoff, I think that UCF would have been in there. However, that's not the case. That's not the format we have. The four top teams in the NCAA this season were in the college football playoff, and unfortunately, UCF did not play the competition that these four other teams did play, so that's the reason why they didn't win. However, if they had played Auburn in the regular season, do you think they would have gone to the college football, playoff, college football playoff? If UCF would have beat Auburn in the regular if season? If they would have played, let's say they played them like uh, the, la- the last game of the season. They, they beat if, Auburn. If they beat Auburn, I think they would have gone in. I mean, they were undefeated. They had a good uh, record. And, you know, we've seen top uh, teams from the group of five conference that sneak in. The, the only thing, Dylan, that's interesting with college football with the playoff, and I know the committee announced earlier this week that we're not expanding the college football playoff to 18 anytime soon. But the one thing that I feel Dylan college football is missing is a Cinderella story. Yeah. And I mean, college basketball, we have it with uh, teams like George Mason and St. Joe's and all these other schools. Uh, Of course, Florida golf hosts, Dunk City. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I would like to see something like that in college football. UCF definitely would have been that story, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, UCF, if they just keep building up for the future, UCF's going to hang in there. I mean, this team's not going away because Florida, we are in the fertile recruiting ground in the state, Dylan, and UCF, they know how to get recruits. So they're going to get people to play. So with the college football playoff committee, do you think there is a flaw in the system when it comes to the selection process? Simply because this isn't the first year we've had a debate on, hey, this team should have been in the top four. This team should have been in the college football playoff. It's happened every single season. So do you think it is a flaw in the system when it comes to the selection process? Or do you think there's just going to be that uh, that little instance there that eh, they could go in the college football playoff? They, they deserve it, but do they deserve it more than this team? Do you think there's always going to be that one anomaly in the system? 
I certainly think so, Dylan. We've seen it with already the, the big schools. You saw what happened last season with uh, Penn State and Ohio State. Penn State won the Big Ten title. They beat Ohio State, but yet they didn't get in the playoff. Ohio State did. Yeah. And then you see it this year. It turned on Ohio State. Ohio State and it was up against Alabama, and Ohio State won. But because they had two losses, and Alabama only had one loss, Alabama ended up getting the nod. Snuck in there, and even without playing a championship game. Yes, I mean, that, that's, that's huge. So, I mean, you know. Some people might feel it's SEC bias, and who knows? I mean, everybody knows. I'm a, I'm a Big 12 fan. I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. But even I know the SEC, Dylan, is the best conference. It is. No it one is. else comes close to it. Historically, it has ACC. been as well. That's exactly. probably the only other conference I could say that's probably a close second to SEC. And the ACC. reason why the SEC is the best conference out there is because of all the teams in that conference are strong. It's not like you see these other conferences where they might have two or three power schools in the conference. No, in the SEC, every single team has the potential to make it to the college football playoff every single season. So that's why they're always highly ranked in the um, the preseason polls in the top 25. And you also see these big recruits going to these SEC schools because they know they have, one, they have TV time. Because of the history of the SEC and how good it's been for so many years, these players have a lot more time to be seen on TV. Therefore, they have a better chance of going to the National Football League the next uh, within the next few years of their career. Um, so I think that you see all of these players going to the SEC, making it a competitive conference every single season, and therefore, I hate to say it, it's going to be a power conference. It's going to be the conference to play against every single season. So if you don't see at least one SEC school, SEC school in the college football playoff every single year, you might see two. You might even see three at one point. I mean, it, it's just that good. It's just that good of a conference. Well, Dylan, speaking of the playoffs, well, actually, before I get into that, speaking of the SEC, LSU did play Notre Dame in the Citrus Bowl. They did. And they lost to them 21-17. Now, back to the playoffs. 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 We had the playoff game semifinals this week. On Monday, as Georgia took on Oklahoma and Alabama took on Clemson, the rematch of last season's national championship game. First of all, the Alabama game was a freaking blowout. An absolute yeah, I was, blowout. I, I watched this game, Dylan, and I was just stunned because their, their, their quarterback, Clemson, you know, they were mentioned this during the broadcast where they weren't the same team as the year before, where they had Deshaun Watson basically carrying the load and they were trying to basically run the ball and they didn't throw the ball much. Nope. During that game, and I was like, "You got to keep throwing the ball, Dallas. You got to get your team to throw the ball because Alabama defense was sticking it to them, and they got turnovers. And uh, Hearns was running that plays for the Alabama offense, and that's how they were dominant in that game. Very dominant for Alabama, and not only that, Dylan, they they were basically rested. They hadn't played a game in like a month. Yeah, because their last game was against Auburn when they lost, and they didn't play the SEC championship game. And they players were banged up as the season was going down. The SC, the Alabama players were having lots of injuries, but now after a month off, they're healthy now, and they're a team that you don't want to mess with in the championship game. And they're going to have a chance, Dylan Nick Saban. He's going to have another chance to get another ring on that finger of his. And Alabama, they just four straight playoff appearances, Dylan, since the playoffs started. I mean, Alabama, 
You, they're dominant. They're a dynasty. They're, they are Even a dynasty. They haven't won it every year. You know, they're in it every year. They're the Patriots of college football. They are. They really, really are. And and you think that with Nick Saban being at that level, it's kind of like you playing a video game, okay? You're playing Madden 18. You're playing on pro. You're killing everybody. You mean all Madden mode? Let's do all Madden mode. Let's, just, <laughs> let's say all Madden mode then. Yeah, let's, let's do that. They're on all Madden mode. They, they're killing everybody. At a certain point, don't you think you get to a state of, man, I need a challenge. I need to challenge myself because I'm getting comfortable just beating everybody and being the, the power school. Do you think there's ever a chance that Nick Saban decides, you know what, I'm going to go to another school just so I can say that I have won a national championship at not two schools, not one school, not two schools, but three schools. I doubt it, Dylan. I think, I mean, Alabama, he's like a god in that state, man. Like, forget the governor. He's the governor of Alabama. Yeah. So, I think uh, Nick Saban, whenever he calls it a career, he'll be at Alabama. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else. He had a chance to to go to Texas a few years ago when Mac Brown stepped down. And there's word of also going to LSU as well last year. Yeah, he had that chance too, but... He decided to stay at Alabama, and I think he's going to stay out. Al- yeah! Woo! 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 Up, baby. Yes! Touchdown. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was incredible. We finally had the lead. Yes, we do. But anyway, as I was saying. Eric Decker, 22-yard touchdown. I think Nick Saban is going to stay at Alabama, and he's going to re- retire there. But let's speak about the other game, Dylan. That was an amazing game between Georgia and Oklahoma. What a game. Yes, it was. It was It was a great game. Baker Mayfield played his heart out, although he came up a little bit short in overtime. Yeah, Dylan. Oklahoma was up, I think, 31-17 to 17 after at the half. They oh. were up big, and, and Georgia, you got to give credit to uh, Kirby Smart and his, his staff to keeping his players motivated. I mean, Georgia just took it. They were like a different team in the second half. And talk about their quarterback, too, Jake Fromm. He's a freshman, a true freshman, and he's playing at the level he's playing right now. I think at the halfway mark, everyone forgot that he was a freshman because he's been playing so well in that system. Kirby Smart has been just a phenomenal, phenomenal coach for him, uh, and it's 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 shown. It, it's it's been incredible what George has been able to do with that system and with that quarterback. Um, I have to say that you know with Georgia. Unfortunately, Kansas City, oh, never mind, it, something happened. Anyway, um, but with Georgia, you know, we'll see what happens in the national championship game. Uh, I, I don't think it's an, an anomaly because I think that with with Georgia, the way they're playing, with that setup they have with Kirby Smart, I don't think that it's just a one-and-done system. I, I think that they have the opportunity to become a dynasty themselves in the SEC, and so it could all, it, who knows? It might just be one of those things that George is the new Clemson. George is the new competitor against Alabama every single season. You know, with Kirby Smart being there, and he has a lot, he has a pretty good contract there too. He could be the next Nick Saban. So, you know, and then you also look at Tennessee with Tennessee getting Jeremy Pruitt, the defensive coordinator from Alabama. Could that potentially be? another dynasty team now because it was an assistant underneath Nick Saban. Nick Saban is a, a fantastic mentor for these coaches. So what you're saying is, excuse me. So what you're saying is Dylan is Florida Atlantic university is going to be a dynasty because Lane Kiffin was under Nick Saban. Lane Kiffin. Okay. Remember when I said anomaly, Lane Kiffin was that anomaly. He, he, 
Although, Florida Atlantic, don't get me wrong, they had a very good season this year. They did, and that was his first year with Florida Atlantic. Now, we could say, you know what, UCF, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It, was two, it took them two years to build that program, and he, and he built it very well. Um, Scott Frost did a great job there. He's going to do a great job in Nebraska. But with, Kirby, with, with Lane Kiffin, he's only been there for a year. And he already played very, very well last this past season with his team. So next year, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't think I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to stay there that long, though. I'm saying that with Georgia um, and Tennessee, they're both in SEC. They're both highly coveted roles, highly coveted jobs for these coaches. So I don't see these coordinators leaving anytime soon if they land those jobs. So Kirby Smart in Georgia, do you think he's leaving anytime soon? Oh, no, definitely. No, he's, he's not. He's from there. He went to school there. He's, he's not, not leaving. He's staying there. Do you think that Jeremy Pruitt, if he's successful within the first three years of him being there, do you think Jeremy Pruitt's leaving? No, not Tennessee. No. So with those, like I'm saying, those are very highly coveted roles within the college football realm. So therefore, those coaches can create dynasties simply because the job is so good. Yeah, Dylan. So, Dylan, let's talk about the national championship game uh, and who we're going to pick and why we think we're going to go. So, I'll start first. I I really think, Dylan, that Kirby Smart has a chance to upset Nick Saban in the national championship game on Monday. Now, no freaking uh-oh. way. No freaking way. What is going on? Are you on? kidding me? What? No what freaking happened? way. What? All right, for those of you listening, uh, there was just a fumble. Apparently, uh, they haven't marked it yet if it was a fumble or not, but there was apparently a fumble from Derrick Henry, and they just ran it back for a touchdown. So as of right now, the score is still 22-21, to Tennessee. They have not said it was a touchdown yet. I think the referees are discussing it right now, and we're watching the replay as we speak, and it looks like he was oh, down. He's down. So he's the ball down. got ripped out after he was down, so therefore it will still be 22-21 to Titans. Titans will still have the ball with a minute and 47 seconds left on the clock, and I believe they'll put some seconds back on the clock, so it'll probably be about a minute 55 instead. So um, anyway, so with the national championship game, I believe in my heart that, okay, I want Georgia to win. That's the thing. I, I think that Jake Fromm is an incredible quarterback. He will find a way to win, especially after watching the Oklahoma game. Jake Fromm found a way for his team to win, and they won. So I think in this in this competition, if they keep it close with Alabama, I think that Georgia can pull it out. Now, in reality, I believe that Alabama is still, is still um, sad they didn't get it last year. Because they were very close to getting it last year. They have that chip on their shoulder. So therefore, I think Alabama will become the dominant team in this game and probably win this game. So I'm going to say Alabama. No, Dylan, that's that's okay. And Alabama, they're out to make history. If they win against Georgia on Monday, it'll be their fifth national championship. I just think Georgia, with their offense, with the running backs, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michael, and they keep... Getting past the Alabama defense, it'll put less pressure on their quarterback, uh, Jake Fromm. And look what they Georgia did against Oklahoma. They were down by 17, and they came back and won that game in double overtime. Yeah. So Georgia, they are this team's real guys. They're gonna give Alabama everything they got. And Kirby Smart, he knows he's been in Alabama. He he was coaching there, so I'm sure he he'll know what they're expect from Nick Saban's um, team. And Georgia, 
they are going to go for it and hopefully win their first national championship, Dylan, since 1980, because that's the last time they won it. Well, well, hopefully Georgia does win. I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Georgia just comes in there and, and wins it, even if it's a close game. Like it was last year in the National Championship game. Well, a bonus stat, Dylan. Nick Saban, against all the time he's played against his former assistants, Nick Saban is 11-0. Wow. And, and that, so that's a Kirby huge Smart stat. Will be the first. <laughs> that's a huge stat. You know, pe- people keep saying, you know, oh, well, Kirby Smart was underneath Nick Saban. He knows all of his tricks. Not necessarily. I think that Nick Saban likes to pull out some of his hidden tricks with his coordinators, and that's why he's so successful against his former coordinators. So let's move on to the NFL. Let's move on to the postseason in the NFL. Let's talk about how the Titans got there. The Titans played the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. They came into Jacksonville. I know they came in. I'm sorry. They were played in Nashville. In Nashville, yeah. They played in Nashville against Jacksonville Jaguars. When they were in Nashville, it was kind of a, a weird set of cir- circumstances in that, in that situation because there were reports coming out of Tennessee saying that if Mike Malarkey and the Titans lost that game, Mike Malarkey would lose his job and we would get a new coach in Tennessee. However, they went into the game, a very, very sloppy game, if I, if I have to say so myself, from both teams. I don't think it was a good game for either team, although the Tennessee defense did make the stops they needed to make, and they won the game. So they are in the wild card right now playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why we've been hooting and hollering this entire episode. Um, the Titans have a minute and 54 seconds left in this game before they seal their fate to go to the next round of the playoffs. And this is the first game they've had in the playoffs since 2008. And let me give you another stat. We saw this on the broadcast just a little while ago. Kansas City, in the past five games at home in the playoffs, they've lost every single one of them. That is correct, Dylan. The Chiefs though, haven't won a playoff game since 1994. You want to know who was the quarterback the last time the Chiefs won a playoff game? Who? Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Now it looks up here, uh, the last five home game playoff games they've had, the Colts in 95, Broncos in 97, and I, the graphic went away. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It, it, five teams they have lost to, and this will be their sixth team to lose to if the Titans somehow miraculously pull this off. And these fans can't watch right now. They can't watch. It's third and ten. The main reason why the Tennessee Titans are winning this game in the first place is because Derrick Henry has gone off in the second half. In the first half, he was averaging about five yards a carry. Mm -hmm. In the second half, he's been averaging about nine yards a carry. He has gone off in the second half. He got a touchdown, and he's the one who put us on top. Uh, so it, it's it's great to see that uh, Derrick Henry is breaking into the mold of a starting running back for Tennessee. It's a great sign for our team for next season because we don't know how much longer DeMarco Murray is going to be playing, but it, it's phenomenal. Yes, and Marcus yes, Mariota, yeah. holy crap. Yes. Well, it's over. I think it's, it's official. Over. Tennessee Titans tighten up. Just made a huge yes. Marcus Mariota, Mariota made a huge block for Derrick yes, Henry to get the first down. Yes, he did. And therefore, we are seeing history here in Tennessee. The, We're making it to the second round. The first time we made it to the second round. Not officially it, yet, but it'll not be officially. almost. But if the Titans hang on here, Dylan, they'll be only the second team. To come back from 18 points down. We were down 18 that's to win a playoff game. That's phenomenal. The only other team that's done that, the 1957 Detroit Lions. That's incredible. Well, um, needless to say, everyone in Tennessee is is hooting and hollering right now, jumping up and down for joy. With their Hattie Bees. With their Hattie Bees hot, hot chicken. chicken. 
And Kansas City is throwing their barbecue all over the place. (laughs) I must say that that this is a huge game for Tennessee. My friend is actually at that game. He actually took a picture with Amy Adams Strunk before the game. Uh, Phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. Well, personal foul on the Chiefs. Yeah, this game's definitely over. Well, congratulations to the Titans. They are moving on to the second round of the playoffs. And Mike Malarkey still has a job as a head coach in Tennessee. For at least another week. Hey, at least he has a job. Alex Smith, he will not have a job after this he game. He will not. And you know, you might even see Andy Reid. At least in Kansas City. Now, let's talk about the implications of this game. Let's talk about Andy Reid's future with the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you think they retain him as the head coach? I think so, only because they picked Patrick Mahomes. That's the guy he picked. So, we know Patrick Mahomes is going to be the guy. So, he has to develop him. And we know Dylan Andy Reid has a good history of... Developing quarterbacks like when he was with the Eagles, with Don McNabb, and well, no, Tim Tebow was he still there? I can't remember now. But uh, I don't think so. No, Michael Vick. That's oh, what yeah. I was, Michael I was Vick. Of Chip Tebow. Kelly was there whenever, whenever uh, Tim Tebow was there. Yeah, but I was thinking of Michael Vick. So he's got a history of developing quarterbacks. So no, if you're the Chiefs, you gotta stay the course at this point. Holy crap! I just can't believe it. Uh, you know, there were a lot of there was a lot of speculation the Titans were not going to be able to win this game. Kansas City was going to blow all over them, and come to find out, their woes in Kansas City are still are still coming out. I mean, they they have a lot of defensive issues, especially with the run defense. You could tell obviously in the second half. Like I said, Derrick Henry ran all over this offense, uh, all over over this defense, and you can tell now. He is the main reason why they're winning this game in the second half. So, phenomenal game for the Tennessee Titans. And it is now official breaking news. The Titans have officially beat the Chiefs. So, that means we are going to the next round. We will either play the Jaguars. I'm sorry, the Jaguars. The Patriots. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers and or the Patriots. Steelers. The Jaguars play tomorrow against the Bills. That's incredible. Dave Sheroff, good luck to your Bills. So, in this game, we saw a rushing touchdown from Derrick Henry. We saw a touchdown thrown by Marcus Mariota to Marcus Mariota, and it's just, it's, it was a phenomenal game. And you also saw a field goal from Ryan Suckup, too. And I believe another touchdown from, uh, I forgot who it was, who got the touchdown. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, huge game for the Tennessee Titans. Congratulations to them. They are moving on to the second round of the playoffs, and um, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm speechless. And we have some other playoff games. We got another game tonight, Dylan, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the LA Rams. That game will be going on in about 30 minutes. Of course, tomorrow we got the Bills and the Jaguars up in Jacksonville. And the Carolina Panthers will be taking on the New Orleans Saints. Yes. And and you think of the the Falcons and Rams game tonight. Will we see the explosive Rams like we've seen all season? Um, that Todd team Gurley, has been playing Sammy Watkins, very, very well. They've Robert been playing Woods, very well. Jared Goff, wow. Sammy Watkins was a great pickup for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I don't know what happened with that team, but once Jeff Fisher left, I mean, Jeff Fisher even came out a few weeks ago and said that that he actually brought in most of the pieces that are on that team right now, which I, I have to agree with him on, but, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's still tough to say that he's a contributor to the win of this game, the win, the winning of this team this season, the success they've had this season. Um, that coaching has been phenomenal, and now Marcus Mariota is reporting is on the sideline, speaking with a sideline reporter for ESPN, um, talking about his teammates in the game. Just phenomenal. I, I'm still in shock. Um, so, who do you think is going to win tonight? Let's say Fal- Falcons and Rams. Who's going to win? 
I, I think the Rams are going to win at home. Okay. If they, they, they play their game, Gar, Todd Gurley gets a, a bunch of running yards, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and Jared Goff plays like he's been playing, I think the Rams will win at home. I choose the Rams as well. Let's go over to the next game that's happening tomorrow, the Jaguars versus the Buffalo Bills. Will the Buffalo Bills advance in these playoffs? Well, Dylan, one of our Titans players did say that Blake Bortles was going to choke tomorrow. Well. So, I the Jags, though, I mean, the number one defense, I, I just don't know. But the Bills, I, I can't underestimate them. They've been playing hot. And if the Bills keep it up, I think they got a shot, Dylan. I think the Bills will go to upset. I think I'm going to go with the Bills for the upset only because we don't have to play the Patriots the next round. We have a chance against the Steelers who are trying to recover and not be banged up anymore. I would love to say the Buffalo Bills. However, they don't have LaShawn McCoy, and that's a huge loss for that team. And he, he was limited in practice yesterday, which that bodes well for the Buffalo Bills. However, if he's not on the field for that game tomorrow, I will definitely say the Jacksonville Jaguars will win that game. If he is on the field, though, I think that they'll he'll cause enough headaches for that defense to where the Buffalo Bills might squeak by and win that game. So I'm, I'm going to choose... The Jaguars, if LeSean McCoy is not in the game, and the Bills, if LeSean McCoy is in the game. Now let's go to the last game of the night tomorrow night. Who are you going to pick? The last game of the night, I think the Saints will win at home. They're playing in the Superdome. We know Cam Newton and the Panthers have been decent this season. Uh, Their coach, Ron Rivera, just got a contract extension. Two years. To to me, it doesn't matter if the Panthers win or lose. They are set with their game plan. But the, the Dylan, the Saints have Drew Brees, and that offense has been amazing. And I think the, the Saints, even though they blew it in their last game, they're going to be at home, and the Saints are just a different team when they're at home. I've got two words for you. Alvin Kamara. Yep. He's a product of Tennessee. Tennessee Volunteer. He was a Tennessee Volunteer. Vol for life. I'm going to go with the Saints tomorrow, winning at the Superdome and moving on to the next round. So Saints will win. That's my final verdict. So let's move on to some league news. The biggest news coming out of the league this week was some news coming out of New England, which we usually don't hear a lot of media buzz about New England when it comes to negative buzz, which we have recently. Over the past few years, I guess you can say, we've heard of Deflategate. We heard the whole saga of that. We heard the whole saga of Robert Kraft and, and, and Roger Goodell having some friction too. But this story, it doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. There's been some friction between Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick. And I think the main reason why is because they wanted to move on from Tom Brady simply because he is getting older. And they wanted to start Jimmy Garoppolo in the Patriots offense. However, Robert Kraft came in and said, no, we're keeping Tom Brady. He will be our starter. And there was a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo going to the San Francisco 49ers, which some say was a bad call. We'll find out next season if he, when he has a full season of playing at the quarterback position, if it was a bad trade or not. But initially, if you look at the body of work Jimmy Garoppolo's had in San Francisco, he's won five games in San Francisco, and he was the best quarterback in the NFL in the month of December. So, I mean, as of right now, yes, it was a bad trade. But we'll have to find out next season. JT, your thoughts? Well, the Patriots have vehemently denied this situation from the report from ESPN yesterday, and they're saying everything's all good. So I don't know, Dylan, what's going to happen after this season, especially if the Patriots end up winning the Super Bowl. 
But I think at some point they're gonna have to have Tom Brady move on. I know Tom Brady says he wants to play until he's like forty six. I don't really see that happening. I don't either. You know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Yarmy Yager's still playing in NHL, so I mean, why not? He might just have to play with a different team. That's just the way I look at it. But one way or another, it's going to end between Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick might be gone, and Tom Brady. It's going to happen at some point. I don't think it's going to happen next season, but within a few years, it will definitely happen. And speaking of Bill Belichick and speaking of job openings, the Giants have a head coaching vacancy right now, and a name that's tied to that job is Bill Belichick. Do you really see Bill Belichick considering the Giants head coaching position? I wouldn't say considering it at this point, but if things keep going south with the Patriots, with what East Ben's been saying, it's certainly a possibility. He has a bunch of choices to choose from. Well, well, not Oakland. But that's going to John Gruden. John but, Gruden is is <laughs> leaving the booth and going back to coaching with the Oakland Raiders. Continue. But and I mean, he's got Chicago, the Bears. Um, of course, well, not Cincinnati. They're giving Marvin Lewis back his job, but the Browns. Maybe Hugh Jacks might stay. Who, who knows? The Texans, if if Bill O'Brien decides to leave, because him and his GM have our owner having a head button situation right now. A riff. So I could see him go to Houston. He has a Sean Watson. He has a quarterback. So there you go. True. True. I mean, and that, that's going to be a good team. That's going to be a solid team. This was the year for the Titans actually to come in and sneak into the playoffs as the AFC South champion uh, division champions because they had one of the easiest schedules of any NFL team this year. However, they snuck in in a wild card, and I guess they're better than we thought they were because they snuck out the win. So congratulations to them once again. Um, so let's look at some other coaching vacancies. Like you said before, the Oakland Raiders decided to part ways with Jack Del Rio. So in that situation, they decided to get their coach of their dreams, I guess you could say, which is John Gruden. John Gruden decided to leave the booth for ESPN, and he's going to be signing a 10-year, this is reported, a 10-year, $100 million contract and possibly an ownership stake in the Oakland Raiders as well. Yeah, Dylan, that's big news, especially as the the Oakland Raiders are playing to move to Vegas in a couple years. So, yeah, that's a big deal. John Gruden, well, her reports say he never wanted to leave Oakland in the first place when he got, I guess, traded at Tampa Bay. I guess I think that's what happened. So, he, he's very happy back out in Oakland. I know the Raiders fans are very excited, and we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, the, for the Raiders, if they end up playing the Patriots in the future, they don't have to worry about the tuck bowl issue or anything like that. So True, true. All right, let's move on to some basketball news. The Los Angeles Lakers are in a nine-game losing streak. What does LeVar Ball have to say about this? Well, Dylan, I think LeVar Ball's been busy in Lithuania right now helping his uh, two sons out there make money with his big ball of brand shoes. I'm so. telling you, he kicked Alonzo out of the nest and said, you know, fi- fly or not, you know, land, whatever you got to do, but I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm just going to follow my other two kids and make more money. Definitely, Dylan. So Alonzo Ball, he just came back. Uh, he was injured, so he hasn't played the last few games. But he came back last night, got 18 points as the Lakers played the Hornets. Of course, they lost. So now they've lost on a nine-game losing streak. Uh, our Magic, Dylan, we haven't been doing so well either. We're 1-9 in our last 10 games. We Our last game was against the Houston Rockets, and James Harden did not play in that game. As we lost that game 116-98. Of course, uh, Vucevic has been playing, and Evan Fournier has been uh, learning to run the offense without him. So the Magic are making some adjustments. We are right now playing the Cleveland the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. 
And right now, last I checked, the score was 50-50. to 50. So, those at the Magic are hanging in there and trying to give the Cavaliers a run for the money. Hopefully, with the new year, now it's 2018, the Magic can finally get a win streak going. Uh, Dylan, speaking of teams that's doing winning right now, my San Antonio Spurs. We've been doing very well. Killing it. And Manu Ginobili, he's usually averaged eight points coming off the bench this season. But last night, he killed it against the Phoenix Suns as he got 21 points coming off the bench. And Greg Popovich, he said after the game, I don't know what Manu Ginobili's drinking, but I want whatever he's drinking. So <laughs> I uh, would too. He's playing so well at his age. It's he's a phenomenal. He's 40, and he's dropping points like that. Unbelievable. He's only the second player, Dylan, that has that's over past 40 and has over at least 20 points in a game uh, since Vince Carter. Vince, Dar- Vince Carter did it for the Ca- the Kings uh, last month. That's incredible. That's absolutely so incredible. He, he's playing very, very well. Um, so let's move on to some hockey news. Let's start off with our updates of our favorite teams. So let's go with the Washington Capitals first with you, JT. Yeah, Dylan, the Washington Capitals have done very well since the last time we chit-chatted. The Capitals have now moved up to first place in the Metropolitan Division. And our last game was against the Carolina Hurricanes. We won that game 5-4. to four. Alex Vetching got a goal in overtime. Two goals in that game. He got an overtime goal with 3-0-3 left in overtime to give us the win. 5-4. to four. Ovechkin has 26 goals and 17 assists this season. Uh, Braden Holpe, our goalie, he has 23, he has 23 wins so far this season. And we snapped the Carolina Hurricanes' five-game winning streak. Our next game, Dylan, will be tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon, excuse me, against the St. Louis Blues at the Capital One Arena. So, so far, looking good for the Capitals, Dylan. How are your Preds doing? They are playing the LA Kings tonight, right? They are playing the LA Kings, but I want to get back to your Capitals because... Alex Ovechkin, first of all, was nominated to be the co- the captain of the Metro Division in the All-Star Game this year, which is phenomenal because I'm going to the All-Star Game in Tampa. That's awesome. It's happening the 27th, 28th of this month. Uh, skills competition is the 27th. The actual games for the All-Star Game are the 28th. I am ecstatic to go, and Bailey got me some tickets, so thank you for my Christmas present. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to go, and also, my captain uh well not the captain of the predators but um a play a, a predator player is actually gonna be a captain for the central division pk suban is gonna be the captain there so it's gonna be really cool to see those players play and i'll get to see alex ovechkin play twice this season which is really really cool so um i'm going to the all-star game the predators have not been doing so hot recently we've kind of been in a, a little skid um in the past five games i believe we we are two and three in the past five games we do play the la kings tonight hopefully we will rebound in that game the biggest thing that's been hurting us recently is philip forsberg is injured he has an upper body injury he has been a lightning rod for our team he has been scoring a lot of goals for our team and it's hard to see a player of that caliber out with an injury but hopefully he comes back shortly um it should be about a four to six week recovery time for him with the upper body injury so hopefully he gets back on the ice very soon but we did get our our star defenseman back ryan ellis he is back on the ice with us he did score a goal um in our last game which is phenomenal so congratulations to him against the arizona coyotes um it's just you know it's one of those times that in an nhl season there are so many games with 82 games there are just ebbs and flows and this is just one of our times that we're in a in a little bit of a hole, but I think we will dig ourselves out of it, and we will look good um, come playoff time. But as of right now, we are third in the Central Division, um, leading behind the Winnipeg Jets, number one, and the St. Louis Blues at number two. But we have only played 40 games. Winnipeg's only Winnipeg's played 42, and St. Louis has played 44. So if you guys beat the St. Louis Blues tonight, that will help a lot for us. So hopefully you guys do that. 
Well, Dylan, speaking of a team that's doing hot right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, they defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 5-4 to last night at the United Center. And the Vegas Golden Knights, Dylan, people are saying they're, they're like the best expansion team ever. They've well, of course. They're winning and doing really well, and they're on fire right now. I think it's pretty safe to say, Dylan, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to make the playoffs. And the Blackhawks, Dylan, they have freak fall. They are now dead last in the Central Division. Ooh, yeah, that's not good for them. And you look at the Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights. Um, with that team, they kind of came into the league with a handicap because they got some stellar players on that team. Now, if the Predators had the same system that the Vegas Golden Knights did during their expansion draft, we would have been a whole hell of a lot better the very beginning of our team than we are now. But I think with our growing pains, it's actually helped us. Only bad thing is, I hate about Vegas fans, is that with that team, they're going to expect to win every single season. And you just can't do that in the NHL. With the NHL, it's very hard to build a dynasty team. And they're going to have some rough, some rough patches in Vegas. I'm not going to say it's hanging in the next two or three years. Maybe they are successful. The first five seasons they have, fantastic, whatever. But they will hit a bad patch. And with Vegas fans, they're used to winning now. And that's just a terrible way to start off a team like that. To have high expectations and then possibly get those expectations crushed um, as they're learning the sport. But that's just my take on that. Um, Last night, um, I'm sorry, not last night, but Canada defeated the Sweden to win the World Juniors. Uh, USA also won bronze. In the 2018 Olympics or next month, uh, and again, NHL players are not eligible to play in those in those um, games. But if you saw last night, there was a Swedish player. He was who, the captain who got his silver medal from the commissioner or whatever, and skated over to the crowd and threw his medal over the glass in the crowd. Leas Anderson, that was Leas Anderson, and I mean, you know, at a certain point, I. It's good to see that passion from your players. It's good to see the passion of, you know what? We didn't do well enough to win. I'm upset about it. Great. I understand you're upset. I would be too. However, you don't just throw a medal into the stands of fans. You have to think about that. Because all the, those fans are innocent bystanders at that time. So, like, why are you throwing a heavy silver medal into a, a, a arena full of people where someone could get knocked out, someone could lose an eye. Like, hey, come on, just don't be childish. That, that's all I got to say. Just don't be childish about that situation. So now let's go into some segments. And it is time for JT's infamous football recap of the week. Thanks, Dylan. For this week, for my football recap of the week, since we missed a couple weeks, I'm just going to recap the latest actions happened in soccer the last couple weeks since the last time we had our last show. So, of course, I mentioned El Clasico. That happened in FC Barcelona defeated Real Madrid 3-0 to win that game. So Barcelona has a huge lead in La Liga right now. I don't think it's going to slip. And it looks like Real Madrid, they're going to have to get some catching up to do. But Barcelona won that game, so they won a game pretty big. We had some big holiday weeks in Boxing Day and everything in England for the Premier League action. And the most notable thing that happened within the past few weeks of the Premier League was Manchester City was going in with an 18-game winning streak, and that streak, Dylan, was snapped by Crystal Palace on December 31st as they those teams ended up with a nil-nil draw. So that snapped Manchester City's streak, but it didn't matter, Dylan. Manchester City right now still has a 15-point lead over Manchester United. Ooh. 
Ooh. in the Premier League. So I still think that title race is over. Over. All right, Dylan. But Harry Kane, he made some news as he, for Tottenham Hotspur, got back-to-back hat tricks during uh, the busy week in England for football and towards the end of 2017 for Tottenham Hotspur's last couple of games. So Harry Kane is on fire right now in the Premier League. Let's talk about some Orlando City news, Dylan, as we had a big trade that happened earlier this week as Orlando City has acquired Sasha Kleiston and $150,000 in allocation money from the New York Red Bulls in exchange for our defenseman Tommy Redding, who's been a prospect for Orlando City B, and he's played a few games with Orlando City this season, and our striker, Carlos Rivas. So this is a big deal, Dylan, because Orlando City, we did not make the playoffs last year, Dylan, and they are really making some moves to go make a goal for it this year. Yeah, Dylan, as Sasha Kleiston in his three seasons with the New York Red Bulls, he's had a total of 51 assists. So he's really going to be in the midfield helping our strikers get goals, especially because we just also signed Dom Dwyer as to a DP contract. So Orlando City, Dylan, we are going for it. All right, Dylan, let's go on to some soccer news as there's been rumors in the last couple weeks that Alex Morgan is considering going to FC Barcelona, the women's team, to play, uh, probably be on the loan, play a few games there. Uh, nothing's been confirmed yet. That's just a rumor, but we'll definitely keep our eye on that, Orlando Pride fans, and see what Alex Morgan's next move is. Uh, the MLS schedule came out. So for Orlando City, Dylan, our first game will be on March 3rd at home against DC United. And then we play another game at home on March 10th against Minnesota United. Go check on MLS.com for the rest of the schedule, but that's going to be a couple of our home openers coming up. Uh, Philip Coutinho, he's finally leaving Liverpool and going to FC Barcelona. That was announced earlier today for $192 million. Ooh, that's, that's a lot of money. The highest paid uh, transfer fee ever. Uh, second history, second overall, I think was the history. So, man, Philip Coutinho, he gets his wish. But Barcelona, he's going to really help that team out after Neymar left earlier in, before the season started. And, of course, the NPSL made an announcement that they have officially endorsed Eric Ronaldo as a potential U.S. soccer president. Uh, that election deal is going to happen here in Orlando wow. next month. So Eric Ronaldo, Hope Solo, uh, Paul Cagliari, my boy uh, Paul Lapointe, he also nominated uh, Eric Ronaldo as well. So we'll see what's going to happen in the election uh, next month. Are you going to the election? Uh, no, I'm probably working, but I'll definitely okay. keep track on social media on Twitter good, for sure. Good, good, See good. what's going on with that. But uh, some games to watch this uh, week. Well, really tomorrow because I risk them all for tomorrow. But uh, the games to keep an eye on tomorrow, you got Shrewsbury Town against West Ham United. That's for the FA Cup. That's going to be at 9 a.m. on FS1. You got Nottingham Forest against Arsenal. That's at 11 a.m. FS1. Liga MX East starts this week as the Castor season begins. You got Toluca, excuse me, going out against Chivas de Guadalajara. That's going to be at 1 p.m. on Univision. And then, of course, on La Liga action, we got Celta Vigo taking on Real Madrid at 2.45 p.m. on Sunday on BN Sports. And that will include Dylan, my football recap of the week. So let's move on to miscellaneous news. So first off, Kyrie Irving hooked up his old high school by getting their remodeled facility and also new Kyrie Four shoes as well. It's great to see these players who are in national sports coming back to their roots, going back to their high schools, back to their colleges, things like that, and supporting those programs because, I mean, they're the life stream for their sport. So, you know, moving on, after Kyrie leaves the NBA, far after he leaves the NBA, he wants the NBA to still be there. And he wants a place like his hometown, like his high school, um, to be producing players of his caliber 
up, up until they get to the professional leagues, which is fantastic. So good for him. Uh, I love seeing players do this for their communities. And Kyrie Irving is definitely a role model in the NBA just because of things like that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, Dylan. Well, right here in Central Florida, Dylan, we're going to be pretty busy the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have the uh, Pro Bowl. That's going to be happening at the end of the month. We also have the Florida Cup, the soccer tournament. That's going to be happening as well. And we also, as you mentioned earlier, the NHL All-Star game down the road in Tampa. So we're going to be pretty busy. Pretty exciting times. Yes, yes. And hopefully we'll go to the uh, the, um, the Pro Bowl as well. I mean, we, we will have some activities happening on property here at Disney. Hopefully we'll find some time off together to where we can go there. And we can possibly do some reporting there too. So um, watch out for your, the Facebook page. And our Twitter page, too, because we might be doing some Facebook Lives and things like that um, at Pro Bowl practices so you guys can see some of the action, which would be really, really cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Dylan. I mean, the Florida Cup is going to be a big deal as well because that's going to be over. I know I went to a game last year, and they did it at the ESPN Complex. But this year, they won't have games. So they're going to do it at the uh, Spectrum Stadium where UCF is and then, of course, the Orlando City Stadium as well. But you got some big teams coming. PSV Eindhoven, uh, Rangers FC from Scotland. Liga Warsaw from Poland, Corinthians, Atletico, Minero, Fluminense, Atletico Nacional from uh, Colombia, and Barcelona Soccer Club, that's from Ecuador. So a lot of big teams that you guys should go uh, check out as well. Yeah, an NHL All-Star game. De- definitely look at the coverage there. Oh, I, might, yeah. I might do some reporting while I'm there too. Who knows? I might pop on to uh, fa- Facebook Live. And I know there's a feature now where you can, you can add somebody else in during the Facebook Live, so maybe I might pop you in as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we like- Dylan, you should definitely interact with some fans. Uh, if, if you see Al Ovechkin there, please get a picture, autograph, something. Yes, <laughs> yes, I will try to do that or while PK I'm there. Or PK Subban. Any, yeah, Or exactly. Steven Samkos. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, yeah. And uh, another thing, Steven Samkos actually got voted in as a captain as well, uh, which is fantastic. So we got PK Subban, um, at, at, I'm sorry, um, McConnor, uh, Connor McGregor. Connor, I'm sorry, Connor McDavid. McDavid. Connor McGregor. McGregor. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I, I'm still flustered about the Titans game. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Connor McGregor. You have Steven Stamkos. You have Alex Ovechkin and PK Subban. Those are four great captains. Captains in the NHL, and those are just superstars in the NHL. It's great to see those players um, chosen as the captains this year. So um, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. JT, I'll start with you first, sir. Well, my winner this week, Dylan, is going to be Emmanuel Adebayor. Uh, he plays currently in Turkey with Istanbul Basikahir. I, I hope I said that right. But uh, that sounded right. That's the team he's playing for. But uh, he has been. He was before he went to the Turkey. He was bouncing around in Europe with Real Madrid, Manchester City. Uh, he has been with. Uh, oh, there was another club he was with, Tottenham Hotspur. Then he went to Crystal Palace. So he hasn't had much traction, but he came into the Turkish Super League, and he's done very well. He has uh, nine goals in all the competitions in the Turkish League so far. He's, like, I think on the top ten goal scores in that league. So he's kind of revamped his career, and he's 33 years old, and he's doing really well. Of course, he's from Togo, so in Africa, that's where he's from. And he just recently uh, adopted his, uh, his late brother, uh, who had passed away. He had adopted his, uh, his uh, brother's son. So that's really awesome. So he's my, awesome. he's my winner this week. My loser this week is professional football in the state of Ohio. And no, we're not talking about the situation, what's going on with the Columbus crew, guys. Hashtag save the crew. But we are talking about the Cleveland Browns, who went 0-16, Dylan. They are now the second team in the modern era of the NFL to go 0-16 since the 2000, I think it was 2008, Detroit Lions. Played a big old goose egg. 
Or maybe, no, it was, I think it was 07. Because the Patriots ran the Super Bowl. I think it was, yeah, so it was 07 season for the yeah. Lions. But, yeah, the Cleveland Browns, it was so bad, they had a parade. But people were confused, Dylan. Because we were like, is this a parade? Is this a protest? What are we celebrating here? Well, they were celebrating the number one overall draft pick for the next <laughs> the, for the next draft. That's what they were celebrating. That's what they should be celebrating because they're going to be getting it this year because they secured their spot with the 0-16 season. Definitely, definitely. And then, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, they are my loser because they were basically giving everyone the impression, oh, we're going to let Marvin Lewis go. We're not going to bring him back. We're going to go in a new direction. Andy Dalton has been playing well. And then what do you do? Breaking news on ESPN, uh, Marvin Lewis gets a two-year contract extension. What? Uh, what? I, I'm so the, confused. My boy Kevin in Cincinnati is probably livid right now. And the Cincinnati, they're going to be losers again, okay? The Bengals aren't going anywhere. We know the Reds aren't going anywhere. The only hot team right now is their soccer team, FC Cincinnati. That's it. That's all they got. So the only thing the Bengals got going for them, Dylan, is those wings that they didn't get from the Buffalo Bills for helping them get in the playoffs. That's it. That's, that's all it. they got. That's it. Yeah, that's that's awful. Um, so my winner and loser this week, my loser, I'm going to go with my loser first. My loser is Internet Explorer for <laughs> for definitely losing for us when we were trying to watch this Titans versus, versus uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs game. It wasn't letting us watch it on Internet Explorer at all. And on the flip side, my winner this week is Google Chrome for coming in in the clutch, helping us watch this game while we were doing this broadcast. So thank you so much to Google Chrome for being one of the most reliable web browsers I've ever used. Um, and I use it every day. So that is not a promotion. Uh, I did not get paid for that. I just, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So Google Chrome, congratulations. You're my winner for this week. And uh, now let's move on to some final thoughts. Well, for our final thoughts, Dylan, I think me and you should do it where – we uh, can talk about what happened, not happened in 2017, but what is our, our new hope in sports for 2018 as it's our New Year's resolution. Revolution. Okay. Revolution. I said it back. Resolution. There you go. <laughs> resolution. Yeah. So yeah. my New Year's resolution for sports is going to be about my favorite sport, uh, soccer. And we all know, Dylan, 2017 was a bad year for American soccer. You know, we had all these lawsuits going on between the NASL and U.S. soccer, all that drama. The USL, what's going to be their situation? All these teams moving and folding, like the, the champions, San Francisco Deltas, or FC Edmonton up in Canada. But uh, my hope, my hope for U.S. soccer is that whoever gets elected in the uh, election next next month, that they have a plan, they move soccer forward. The U.S. men's national team, of course, didn't make the World Cup, but let's build on to 2022. Let's have these leagues cooperate. You have a better league system gets a uh, woman pay for play, equal pay, all that stuff, and let's just do better. Let's do better what we have right now and get this thing rolling for uh, 2022. I have to say my New Year's resolution is for college football. I'm talking to the college football playoff committee. Listen, I know you said you're not going to look at the eight-team playoff, which you should. Um, that's my resolution. I think you should take a deeper look into that, take a deeper, deeper look into how you pick the teams for the college football playoff and see if there's a way that we can fix that system because there are definitely teams in there that would make it exciting. That would make it, uh, something that people would want to watch if there were more teams than just four in that, in that college football playoff. So we need to fix that system. Uh, so that's my new year's resolution. 
Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can check us out on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter, OOB Podcast, or you can check us out on our, on our webpage, which is outofboundspodcast.com. You can email me at dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. And also on Twitter, I am Dylan underscore James. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. And you can reach me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jttosportsguy.com. Once again, make sure to share our podcast on your Facebook page. Once you do so, message me or message Out of Bounds with Dylan James um, on Facebook. Let us know you did. And we will be giving away that $25 gift card to, to Cheesecake Factory, $25 gift card to Cracker Barrel, and also a free Chick-fil-A sandwich to the person that we choose randomly. Thanks for listening to the show once again, and we will talk to you guys next week. Normal time, same place, right here. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.